Hello and welcome to the Mock Review with Ben and Drew. I'm Ben Garma. And I'm Drew Evans. We've made it through three weeks of regionals, Drew, and we have finally gotten to the last week of regionals for our episodes. Uh, We had eight more regionals this past weekend, and I'm really excited to be on the mics to discuss them with you. Uh, And we will definitely get to all of that in just a couple of minutes. But Drew, I have to ask you first the question that, of course, I'm sure is on everyone's mind. Are you watching WandaVision? Oh, my gosh. I'm so glad. So to preface this, Ben had just told me he had a surprise question. And I was kind of like, okay, what is this question about to be? <laughs> what a fantastic question. Ben, I got to tell you, I'm planning on staying up until 3 a.m. tonight so I can watch WandaVision. I'm in love with the show. And, and just, we won't spoil anything. Like, yeah, yeah, to be very clear to everyone, we, you don't have to skip ahead, but I had no. to ask. No, well, uh, I'm so glad you asked. I, I like, it didn't even occur to me. Like, I was like, oh my gosh, does Ben watch WandaVision? Yes, of course I'm watching WandaVision. I basically, it's, it's become my routine actually. Usually, uh, Friday mornings, like, I have this weird schedule thing where my classes, I teach a class and then I have like this hour block off. And I'm usually like, well, what do I do with this? And now I'm like, I watch WandaVision for an hour (laughs) and it's great. Um, But yes, I am planning on staying up tonight because I have no life and I'm going to do some grading and then I'm going to reward myself by watching WandaVision at 3 a.m. So it's going to be good. I think that's a good decision. (laughs) I I have a couple episodes to catch up on, but I'm going to try to get caught up. We're recording this. You're not caught up? No, I, I I coach three different mock trial teams. I, yeah, I do too. You have to make time for yourself, Ben. That's the only way this works. You have to make time. And WandaVision is my me time. It's, I like when you said that's the only way this works. Like you meant WandaVision, but it's like this meaning like you and me. Like this is the only way this can work if, uh, <laughs> if I make time for myself. I mean, I mean like with just if you have mock trial in your life and you coach like three teams yeah you need to have me time and that me time should be wandavision <laughs> that's that hey i can't argue with that um well maybe you know uh post after the season we'll do like a a wandavision breakdown we'll, episode we'll or just turn like we're, we're just gonna turn this into a marvel podcast it's gonna be great we'll talk a little about falcon and winter soldier too my thoughts on that <laughs> right just branch into some star wars topics oh here perfect and there. Like, you know yeah well, I suppose we should talk about some mock trial. Um, I guess so. As much as I'm sure the people would love to hear us vaguely discuss uh, <laughs> WandaVision for another half an hour. Um, we've got eight more weekends or eight more uh, regionals to discuss on the fourth weekend. And we had some really, really great, really interesting results. We do, because we're recording this later in the week, we do know all of our Orcs teams. Now, we don't know yet, as we're recording this, where everybody is going. Amta's announcing that on Sunday night with a special, like, selection show of some sort because sure um so we don't know that but we do know like who got off the open bid list and everything like that so drew what do you say we uh, go ahead and get started with regional 4a yeah no i think that this is an interesting time i'm really we've said it before i'm so so excited about these orcs results um i don't want to do a disservice to week four so we're obviously going to cover them but i mean i feel like i'm just almost antsy just waiting to find out some orcs results and Look, the selection show, like, okay, cool, fun. Let's have our fun Amta. You know, if you want to do it, go for it. Um, I, I, I think that I'm excited to see the results wherever it is. Um, just because I think that no matter what happens, this is like the reckoning. I think that regionals was kind of the, the mini, the junior, like we're starting to get some idea of how the regionals are, are playing a role in this, but I feel like now is the time. Like we've been waiting all year. 
Who's going to come out on top? Is the West Coast about to show up in a big way? Is the East Coast going to be the dominant force that I think they are? Is the Midwest going to show us that they really deserve all the bids that they normally get to nationals? Is the Southeast going to come out of nowhere and be incredibly good? Who knows? I'm just excited to find out. Um, but we don't need to get too crazy. Let's start on week four. Ben, I'll give it to you. 4A, fire away. All right, let's do it. So regional 4A was a six-bid regional. It took place uh, in Trifecta Studios, uh, a place near and dear to my heart. Uh, and our teams, our bids in order uh, were Notre Dame C with eight wins and an 11 CS, Miami A, seven wins and a 14 and a half CS, UT Austin C, six wins and a 22 CS, Alabama A, six wins and a 16 CS, Rhodes B, five and a half wins and an 18 and a half CS, and Central Missouri A with five and a half wins and a 15 and a half CS. Our honorable honorable mention here was Vanderbilt B with five wins and a 16 and a half CS. Uh, a couple of things to note. I think the obvious one is the one that jumps off the paper. Uh, props to the Longhorns. UT Austin C, a 22 CS. They played Alabama, Vanderbilt, Central Missouri, and Rhodes um, I think, Drew, you've got some thoughts about the impermissibles to end up with that round. So I'll leave that to you in a second. Mm -hmm. um, but just a really, really Im impressive performance from UT Austin C. This is a really interesting uh, regional in that you have sort of like traditional powers. I mean, you have like I won't make the defending national champions joke, but like you can all make it here. Uh, you have Miami A um, th and this was. Miami of Ohio, right? Not, yes, this yeah, was. Okay. Yeah, so Miami A, and you had Rhodes B, who is, you know, one of the best teams in the country. I mean, Rhodes is always elite, and their B team is always elite. And then you had these C teams, right? You got Notre Dame C, who goes 8-0. Now, they had an 11 CS, but going 8-0 is, is notable. And you had UT Austin C, who gets through. Um, and then you've got Notre Dame, or Miami, Alabama, and Rhodes in there, as well as Central Missouri. So I feel like there's just an interesting path through here. Um, and, and, you know, Notre Dame C like, I mean, look, I'm never going to take anything away from a team that goes eight. No, Amta gives you four opponents. If you beat them all, that's really impressive. The 11 CS tells you that this isn't the same as maybe some of the other eight knows that we're going to take a look at. And obviously it's a C team. So I don't know if that team's going to end up going forward, but definitely an impressive showing from Notre Dame, a team that is traditionally good, but maybe not a team you wouldn't have necessarily expected to have a C team that goes eight. No, uh, Drew, I know you've got some thoughts on this regional, so I'll turn it over to you. What do you think? Well, just to start out where you left off, I gotta say, I mean, Notre Dame, I think in the past, I would have considered them to be, you know, a, a strong program, kind of a middle of the pack, not a program that I often see at nationals, but it's a pretty consistent orcs goer. And I feel like I keep seeing them at the top of these tab reports. I mean, they are, having a really strong regional season. I mean, again, this is their C team that got through at 8-0. And say what you will, that's impressive. A C team going 8-0 is worth noting. That is a huge accomplishment for them. I, I think we just talked about their A or their B team going 8-0 the other week. Um, th their program is, just, is having a great regional season. I'm excited to see how they do it. Orcs, um, whether this specific C team is people moving on or not, it will be interesting to see how they, they you know, clearly have some strong participants over there on how they incorporate that into the Orcs teams that we see. Um, I'm glad you mentioned it, just how this this was a very strong-looking regional. Um, Miami, Rhodes, obviously strong. 
Alabama a very strong program. Um, there, Central Missouri also a strong program. So, I mean, this this was a tough regional to get out of. I do think to a certain extent the teams that got through were the chalk. But you mentioned UT Austin, and I, I want to talk about this for a second. So the thing that is crazy about their schedule um, they in, in round four is that they were 4-1-1 one, and one going into that round. And traditionally, if you're a 4-1-1 one, one team, you expect – you're going to get power protected, probably going to face either another four and two team, or maybe you're going to face a three and three team or a three and a half win team, you know, something in that range. Instead, <laughs> they draw the five and one Rhodes beat. And I got to say, if I was someone on that UT Austin C team, I would be like, um, excuse me, like, are you sure about that? Like what? <laughs> I mean, that doesn't sound right. And I, I had to take a second to look at the tab report. But what I found um, is that all the three other teams that they had played were the other three teams that would have been directly below Rhodes on that like needs that side list. Um, so Alabama, Vanderbilt, Central Missouri, those were all the other teams that were in that in bracket that needed to face uh, to, to face that side. Um, and I'll say specifically UT Austin C, um, they were, they needed a, a prosecution team to go against. They were, they, they needed to go defense. Um, and all those other teams were basically the, the flip side of the case, which makes it clear that what happened was they had impermissibles with basically almost all the other teams in their bracket and they had to move up. And then the one team that was above Rhodes that was in that, within that in bracket was, Notre Dame, who of course um, was was six and zero, so they faced the five and one Rhodes B instead. Um, that is a wild, wild set of impermissibles to have to face a four one and one face a five and one. Um, but I'm just glad they both made it through. I'm glad that that didn't end up disqualifying one of them. Um, and you know, thank God for that half ballot that allowed them to both go through. But man, that must have been a great, great round. And again, I mean, this is a C team. That managed to beat Rhodes B, managed to to beat Vanderbilt, Alabama, uh, or sorry, a split with uh, Alabama, and then a win and a tie against Central Missouri. I mean, they faced all teams that either made it out or were on the honorable mention list. I mean, that is about as tough of a schedule as you can get yeah. and still make it out. So more props to them. Um, I will admit that they were not the highest CS there. You did have Mercer University um, with a two and six and twenty three CS, but Keep in mind, the reason why their CS isn't any higher is because they won a lot of those rounds. You know what right. I mean? The, 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 a lot of the losses those teams had were to UT Austin. Um, so very, very impressive showing out of them um, and, and definitely a noteworthy one. Uh, I, will, I will give this brief uh, ex- explanation of their record. They were four, four ballots away from their opponents all being perfect except for their rounds with them. So that should put into perspective – what a, a good showing it is that UT Austin had there. Um, but other than that, I do think for the most part, Ben, that you've covered it. And I think that these can often get long. So uh, I'll throw it to you real quickly. But if not, I think we could probably move on to 4B. Just, yeah, one or two little notes, and then we should move forward. Go for it. Uh, I'll, I'll talk just a little bit more about Miami. Uh, they went 7-1. and one. Their only loss was a one-point loss to Rhodes B. Um, certainly, when you're talking long-term, looking forward to Nationals, you know, Miami's always got to be in the conversation and it's certainly very interesting. I mean, on day one, they just absolutely stomped through the field uh, and, you know, to go seven and one 
not surprising at all looking at that. Uh, UCLA D was uh, at this tournament and didn't get through, had a 4-4 four and four record. They were 4-2 and two heading into round four before getting swept by Alabama. And I'll also point out MIT, uh, their B team was here, uh, and they ended up going 4-4 four and four, uh, and not getting a bit out. And given, you know, we've talked at, at length before in previous years and, and in previous episodes about the CS struggles that MIT had last year. Their A team got through this year, um, and it'll be interesting to see what they're building uh, over there at MIT, but th- their B team didn't quite manage to get a bid. Uh, other than that, I think you covered everything, Drew. I, I think here, you know, Miami A and Rhodes B are both really interesting teams to watch. I, I will say it is interesting that Rhodes B seemed to struggle to separate themselves a little bit when they played um, top competition, not to suggest that Rhodes B isn't good, just like little things to take note of as we move forward. Uh, other than that, I think we can keep going. And and it should be taken note of the that last round between UT Austin and Rhodes B, um, UT Austin C was a plus one zero. Uh, you can't get much closer than that. So that was a a to your point about not separating yourself certainly. But wow, that is a about as close as they come. Yeah. Um, but let's let's go ahead and move on to four B. Uh, so this took place at Fairview Middle School. Um, and in order we have Duquesne A with eight wins and an eleven CS. Then second, we had Emory A with seven wins and a 13 CS. Then Southern Methodist University A with six wins and a 19 CS. Followed by Cincinnati A with six wins and a 15 CS. And then Colorado College A with six wins and a 14 CS. And then, and I'm so pleased to say this, Penn C with a five and a half wins and a 12 and a half CS. And we also had two honorable mentions here in the form of Hillsdale B with five wins and an 18 and a half CS. And Hamilton A with five wins and a 17 CS. Really quickly on the Penn C note, um, funny story, after their round one, round one, Penn C faced Howard C, which trust me, we're going to talk about Howard C in a second, but they faced Howard C, they dropped both by about four, um, very upset, um, their, their captains are friends of my brothers and they're talking to him about it, he was asking me about it, I got on the phone with them, was talking to them through the round, like, hey, it's not over, don't worry, you guys can still make it, and they did exactly that. They won basically every other ballot the rest of the way. And I'm so happy to see that. That's awesome for them. Um, but it does bring us to this interesting point about that round between Pensy and Howard. Howard takes both and is rewarded with, Ben, I don't know. This might be the worst CS in history. Um, I don't know. I, I you know Only from what I know, it definitely is. But they had a 26 and a half CS. They face UPenn C with the five and a half wins. They face Duquesne in the second round, who had eight wins. They face Cincinnati in their third round, who went six and two. And then they face Emory in their final round at seven and one. They literally (laughs) only played teams that made it through. They faced three of the top four teams there. Am I right about that? Yeah, you are. Yes. I, I mean, what? (laughs) <laughs> like that's just like that's crazy. not supposed to happen. That's not supposed to happen. That is crazy. That is an insane CS twenty six and a half. Like what am I looking at? Um, I just, I mean, wow. That's just that's tough. Um, I mean, I will say there were a couple of other teams that also had very high CSs here. We had Carnegie Mellon A with a twenty one and a half CS. Alabama D had a twenty one CS. Uh, ordinarily, those would seem high, but not when there's a 26 and a half. I mean, that's just insane. Um, 
I want to quickly just say uh, Duquesne University, I honestly hadn't really heard of them before now. But hey, 8-0, awesome, good on them. They had a pretty substantial point differential. None of their rounds seemed that close, frankly. Um, like I said, I mean, they, they beat Howard C. in that second round. Um, in, in their third round, they faced Carnegie Mellon A., uh, who who you know didn't make it out, but is a solid team. Um, you know, good on them. That's just a, a really stellar showing. Their CS is obviously on the lower side at an eleven again, but that's bound to happen when you have another team with the CS that Howard had. Yeah. Um, I, I don't have a much much else to say about them other than just wow, that is unfortunate. But um, I will quickly just say that it was a little surprising not to see Hamilton A make it out. Um, they're very nearby um, where Habford was, and we often saw that them a lot in regionals and invitationals. They're a strong program. Um, I'm glad that they're going to get off the open bid list at five wins with 17 CS, um, but that's a strong program, and it was surprising to see them not make it out. And then I'll add that Kentucky, um, they uh, had that they, – they ended up at four and a half wins. Um, their CS was lower than, I think – that team that that team was a stronger team than that shows. Um, I I think that they that, that's a, usually a, a program that routinely makes it to Orc, so a bit surprising not to see them make it back. Um, I mentioned Carnegie Mellon A with a very high CS. Um, they didn't make it. Luckily, their B team is going to pick up the slack in the next regional. Um, but that's kind of most of what I saw. Um, ben, I'll, I'll kind of toss it over to you. Is there anything else that you picked up on? Not a ton. I mean, you talked a lot about Howard. I think what's super interesting about this, you know, you can kind of see the disparity when you look like closely at the tab summary. One of the things that I noticed is the absolutely crazy variation in OCSs at this tournament. OCS is a statistic we don't spend a whole lot of time talking about, but you look at, you know, you had an almost 30 point, an over 30 point swing between Emory A at an OCS of 85 and a half and Howard A at an OCS of 51 and a half, which makes sense. If For Howard's CS to be so high, it, it logically makes sense that their OCS would be lower because their opponents uh, collectively had lower CSs because their opponents won, uh, pardon my French, but a shit ton of ballots. <laughs> um, I just, I can't even think of another way to say it. Um, I also don't think that's French, but whatever. We're going to go with it. it. Look, it's mock trial. If if I wasn't doing something fake French, am I really doing mock trial? But it, I think that is just like, obviously, it's so surprising that it's an anomaly, right? And so like, it's not that our system is necessarily broken, that it could produce a result like that, because that happens so rarely. But, you know, it sucks for, for Howard. That has to be discouraging that they... You know, they come out, they go two and zero, oh, and then the the universe is sort of like, oh, like you liked those wins, like <laughs> you know, what would happen if they disappear? Um, and you're just gonna have to face the best teams in the tournament the rest of the way. Um, so good on them for fighting through that and winning some ballots in spite of that. Uh, beyond that, I think you pretty much covered it. I agree with your analysis of Duquesne. Um, as far as I can tell from looking at the AMTA the the TPR, I don't believe they're ranked. So for them to essentially come from unranked to going 8-0 is fantastic, and they should be very proud. Um, Emory A is a super interesting team. I feel like they're, you know, they're they're pretty consistently at nationals. Uh, they're a very, very strong program. They have some really top-notch competitors there. And I would definitely keep an eye on them. Who did they who did they drop a ballot to? It was to SMU. It was to SMU in round two. Uh, it was a plus 10, minus four for Emory. 
Okay, interesting. So, I mean, SMU is a solid program. I mean, SMU obviously went six and two and got out at this regional as well. So that's a legitimate ballot to drop. Um, so, I mean, that's Emory's a team that I definitely have my eye on, and I'll be fascinated to see how they do at Orcs. Uh, other than that, I think you about covered it. I, I don't see a whole lot else here. Yeah, I just wanted to mention one thing about Emory A. Um, I this summer I talked about it a little bit. I worked at a camp with uh, and one of the girls that that ran it. Um, her name was Ria Lakaraju. She's a good friend of mine. She's a wonderful competitor, and she was competing for that Emory A team. And she went uh, eighteen ballots, sixteen ballots uh, as an attorney. So I just wanted to give her a quick shout out. Um, awesome, awesome job for her to um, get an award on both sides of the case as an attorney. Um, very, very cool and exciting for her. But I think that that's about it um, for me. So, Ben, I'll toss it back over to you if you want to go to 4C. That sounds good. Uh, moving over to 4C. 4C uh, was a six-bid regional, and it took place, uh, again, at a location that is near and dear to my heart, oh. TBD Incorporated. <laughs> um, going all the way back to Winter v. TBD, that was actually the first UMBC Nationals case we broke through for the very first time that year. Um and uh, if anyone ever wants to be horribly, horribly bored, ask me about our plaintiff case that year, because I think it's the best case I've ever written uh, in any iteration of mock trial. I, I was I, I felt like I understood that case as a great case. Um, but <laughs> let's moving back to the current day. So uh, regional 4C, our uh, bids in order were Vanderbilt A, seven wins and an 18 CS. Stanford B, six and a half wins and a 16 and a half CS. Carnegie Mellon B. Six wins and a seventeen and a half CS. Auburn B six wins and a sixteen CS. Portland A six wins and a twelve and a half CS. And Rochester B with five wins and a seventeen and a half CS. Drew, I think of all of the regionals that we have discussed so far in these four episodes, this is probably the most surprising one. Yep. Most I notably think. that the two teams that I think you would say are the first in at these this tournament mm-hmm. in Howard A and Michigan State A didn't get through. Um that's extremely surprising. Both of mm-hmm. those teams are excellent. I know both your program and my program play Howard mm-hmm. all the time. They mm-hmm. are very, very good. They play a tough style that you really have to adapt to. They're Absolutely. always sharp. They're always smart. Um, you really just you have to be prepared when you go into a trial with Howard. They're very creative, um, mm-hmm. and I think that you know that can be polarizing sometimes, but. I mean, the vast majority of the time works out for them because they are, yeah. you know, a top 25 team, a consistent Nationals team. So it is extremely surprising to not see them get through. Uh, and then Michigan State, you know, I, I think we've discussed before, I think Michigan is kind of the top program in that state, but Michigan State isn't far behind mm-hmm. and definitely surprising not to see them get through. Um, you know, I mean, I just you had some surprising results. I mean, Howard was mm-hmm. swept by Vanderbilt who went seven and one. And then Howard was swept by Auburn B. Um, you know, th- these aren't like situations. I mean, as far as I can tell, these are not situations where these teams hit crazy schedules. I mean, Howard had a CS of 16, Michigan state. I mean, Michigan state had a CS of 18 and got four and a half and they had some tough, I mean, yeah. they had a minus one, a tie, a minus three, a minus three. So, so they were right there. Um, and Howard had some, you know, some tough close losses as well. So that, I mean, there's other stuff here, but, but I'll turn it to you first, Drew, your reaction to seeing those surprising results. Yeah. I, I mean, look, Howard A is the obvious, that was the top team here. Surprising not to see them make it. 
I think you could have debated with me a little bit whether Vanderbilt A or Michigan State was the next one that I would expect to make it out. I frankly expected both of them to. Vanderbilt did. Michigan State did not. Um, but to the point that you were just making about Michigan State, uh, I mean, theirs is really heartbreaking. And, and I'll tell you a couple reasons why. First of all, first round, plus 15, minus one. We've talked about it so many times, but like, yeah. that's just weird. Like, that one judge thought it was a, a pretty solid win, and the other thought it was a loss by one point. Like, that's just, ugh. I mean, they are, they're one point away on that ballot. They're one point away on one of the, ne- on the next round when they tied and lost one. Like, that's one point away from them going five and three, having a high enough CS that they're making it through, uh, and, and, you know, or they'll get, I'm sorry, that's, they would have then gone, if they had a 17 and a half CS, they would have tied with Rochester B. Um, either way, they would have gotten onto the open bid list and been fine. Um, I do think, I'm just kind of making this up as I go. I feel like Michigan State has gotten other teams through, so their program will be represented. Yeah, I'm looking Orcs. at the earned bid list for Orcs, and they've got a team. Okay, okay. Um, so there is someone from their program going. Yeah, they actually and, have, I'm showing two, so I okay. think they must have gotten two okay. other bids. So then honestly, doesn't make a huge difference in the grand scheme of things. Um, it may, if, depending on how their program does their stacking, but I would just say looking at those results, that is heartbreaking to see how close they were to getting that third bid. Um, it, it clearly, clearly, you know, one point in either of those first two rounds and they're, they're getting there. Um, similarly, Howard, they did have a close last round ballot where they lost by one. Um, and, and you know, that, that ballot flipped around, gets them to five and three. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I just, I think it's it was just surprising results. I I think that frankly, when I see Howard A facing Auburn B, I would have thought that was a sweep in the other way. So yep. good on Auburn B um, for taking those ballots. I mean, they were it was a four and two versus a four and two. Time to if you want to make it, you got to show up. And Auburn showed up, so good on them. Um, again, definitely surprising not to see Howard A or Michigan State A, but I also think um, you know. Vanderbilt A, it's a strong program. Good on them to get first bit out of there. Stanford B, like no surprises. You know, Stanford's really good. And I just mentioned how Carnegie Mellon A didn't make it out of the last one, but their B team does get the bid here, which is great for them and exciting for them for sure. Um, I'll say like Auburn B we just talked about. Um, Portland A, I've never thought of Portland as a, you know, really, really strong program, but good on them to make it out. Um, I think that they're they're one of those programs that I feel like often has a lot of teams, um, but good for them to, to be making it through. And then Rochester B, I feel like we talked about Rochester a few times. I'm glad to see that that program is going to be sending someone to Orcs. Um, so that's really, really good for them for sure. Uh, Loyola Chicago B didn't make it out and Wheaton B also didn't. Um, and while I think that, you know, Howard A and Michigan State definitely is the more surprising results, I think those were definitely two teams that were in the mix. Um, that you might have expected to make it through. And Loyola Chicago did have a pretty tough CS in a 19 and a half. Um, other than that, though, I, I, I think that, you know, it's shocking that Howard didn't make it out. I feel like we've their B team did. So, again, that program will be represented um, at Orcs. But, man, for their A team to not make it out and then their C team to have the CS that we just talked about, yeah. it's just a tough, unfortunate weekend uh, for Howard. Um, the last thing that I kind of just wanted to mention is it's interesting to me, the last region we talked about, you know, had that 26 and a half CS had a couple 21s, um, and then they had no one with less than a 10 CS. Looking at 4C, we have only one team at or above 20 CS in Colorado College with a 20 CS on the dot. 
And then we have two teams with an eight and then an eight and a half CS in LSU and Western Kentucky University. Um, it's just interesting to me how those like CS has kind of just got shifted down here, excuse me, here. And we had a couple below 10 and very few over 20 versus the last one with a bunch of over 20s and none under 10. Um, it, you know, I think that at the end of the day, like regional pairings are what they are. We're doing the best we can to, <laughs> to weed out the, the top teams, but it's not perfect and there's no way to make it perfect. Uh, you know, sometimes you have teams with low CSs, sometimes you have teams with high CSs. You can only play who you play. And uh, yeah, that's kind of all I'm getting here. I think that it's mostly just, I agree, it's probably the most surprising we've had yet. Um, but I think that other than that, it's, it's all we got. Yeah, I'll chime in on one other thing and then we should move on. Uh, I was just like a couple hours ago, I was reading impeachments and I saw an interesting discussion on there. There's a couple of exchanges about uh, teams in the Pacific Northwest. And and I mentioned that for Portland, who's currently ranked 125. Um, I don't uh, know exactly what they did last year in 2020, but it, they broke in both 2019, 2018. And there's a really interesting discussion about when you think like uh, Washington, Oregon, Portland, some of those teams up there mm. and how incredibly difficult it is, even more so than the California teams, for those teams to usually get invitational tournaments because they're just yeah. so far away. Um, you know, Eastern Washington, I think, is another one that's usually pretty good. And and some of the mm -hmm. schools around there and just kind of how people will be interested in, and I will be interested to see how the Pacific Northwest fares in a year where presumably they were able to get a little bit more tournament tournament experience because everything mm. was virtual. And just like we've discussed mm -hmm. with teams sort of going all over the country, these teams are going to get more of an opportunity to show uh, what they've got. And I think Portland here having a very strong showing uh, certainly is noteworthy. A, a lower CS, but but six wins is, is a good, strong showing getting out. Uh, I'll be interested to see how they do. And we kind of breezed past it, but Stanford is Stanford. You know, Stanford B comfortably gets out at six and a half. They're very good. Uh, and, you know, they're just sort of added to that giant pile of great West Coast teams who you just kind of hope you don't have to see at Orcs. And that's all I got. I think we can keep going. Alrighty, 4D, Regional 4D was in Wash, was, sorry, was in Lee Manor. And uh, starting in our first bid out, we had Fordham Lincoln Center A with eight wins and a CS of 14 and a half. Then UC San Diego B with eight wins and a 13 and a half CS. Then Notre Dame B also with eight wins and a CS of 11 and a half. And then we had Wesleyan A at a lowly six wins uh, and an 18 CS. And then Minnesota Duluth A with five and a half wins and a 19 and a half CS and Boston University B with five wins and a 17 CS. Uh, so Ben, I got to say, this is the first time I've seen three teams with eight wins in one regional. I, I don't remember seeing that before. Um, they certainly had lower CSs, but that tends to happen when you beat all of your opponents. Um, I think that Lincoln Center coming in the top there, they had a point differential of 147. I mean, that's a lot of points. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, you, you can't do a whole lot better than that. I mean, they had two ballots that were within 10, and then the rest were all, like, a lot. So, I mean, that's a pretty strong showing out of them. Um, I just mentioned Notre Dame C. You know, we talked about Notre Dame C going 8-0. This is Notre Dame B also going 8-0. Hmm. Um, to have 16 wins between your B and C team, not too bad in one weekend. Um, that's pretty good. Uh, UC San Diego be also like, that's a strong program. 
Um, I just think honestly that those three never really got tested that much. Um, and I, I, I wish that they, they got a chance to face each other or, or something else. I will say you see San Diego B beat Wesleyan A, who was probably the top dog in this regional. So that's a huge win for them um, and definitely noteworthy. I will say that it was a plus two, plus one, really, really close round. So I wish I could have seen that round to see what happened. Um, certainly glad Wesleyan is moving on anyway. We've talked so much about how strong and deep that program has been. But their A team is, of course, very, very good um, and, and deserve to make it through. So despite that, uh, that drop to UCSDB, um, still making it through. Um, but other than that, you know, would have loved to see like Lincoln Center face Notre Dame um, and, and get one of those rounds. But sometimes when you when you're really good and you're just coasting through, that's you know, what happens. Um, other than that, I think it's interesting that we just talked about Auburn B and that big win they had over Howard A. Then Auburn's A team, which was here, um, didn't make it out. They were at four and a half wins. Um, so they just barely uh, well did not uh, break out of here. And they did have another set of some really close ballots. You see their first round was a plus eight, minus one. Their round three was a win and a tie. Um, their round two, they dropped to UCSD, um, but they had a, it was a minus 13, a minus two. Um, so some close, close ballots. Um, definitely uh, tough for their A team that they didn't make out, but great that their B, pro, their B team did. Um, so someone from their program will be covering. Um other than that, I, I think that's most of what I saw here, Ben, but I'll throw it over to you if there's anything else you're seeing. The the three eight no teams is, is wacky, right? Yeah. Because what what's weird about that, and, and I obviously didn't like, you know, do any like repairing or anything like that, but you had to have a fair amount of four and O teams after day one. You had to have uh, presumably at least six because these Three were all four and zero, oh, and none of them played each other in the non-side constrained round. So you had several teams who were at four and zero, oh, and these teams managed to just sort of stay above the fray. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Lincoln Center was tested a little bit more than the other two, and, and, and you know, I mean, like again, not to take anything away from UC San Diego B or Notre Dame B, uh, and and. I mean, you said it was San Diego who swept Wesleyan, yeah, right? Yeah, they beat Wesleyan. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's getting tested. <laughs> right. I mean, that's you can't get a whole lot tougher than that. Wesleyan is one of the best teams in the country, so certainly take nothing away from them. Notre Dame B, you know, I mean, both Notre Dame teams who went 8-0 had lower CSs, and, and that's, you know, again, not their fault. It, it just, you know, kind of informs our thoughts on the whole thing. Lincoln Center, you and I were talking about this before we got on the mics, and I remember you were saying, like, they play a style just seems to work at regionals. Mm-hmm. And I remember how shocking it was last year in Lancaster when they didn't get through. Mm-hmm. They were one of the only A-group teams. In fact, I think they were the only A-group team to drop an early ballot. And it was you know kind of a fluky, weird ballot. And they just put them on a tough path the rest of the way. And the Lancaster Orcs last year just, you know, there was no mercy no matter where you turned. And, you know, they, they went through a year last year where they won basically everything at Invitationals. And they've had another very good Invitational season. They're a very well-run program. They're clean. They're strong. They've got, you know, Evan Donaldson, who's one of the best double threats in the country. He awarded as an attorney and as a witness, uh, which is always a tough thing to do. So, I mean, they're not a team I have any interest in facing. Like, maybe in, like, a nice, friendly scrimmage or something, (laughs) but not at Orcs. I don't want that team in Orcs. Not with a 147-point differential. That's impressive that when they beat someone, like, they beat them. You know, yeah. it's not like, oh, we beat this kind of rough team by 20. It's like, no, Lincoln Center's going to beat you down. 
and that's that's pretty damn impressive. Oh, I just, I just wanted to say really quickly on this point differential note. I I had a, a discussion with some of my students the other day about this because um, we just really briefly um, we we made it through to the state tournament and in our last round, which was facing the team that kind of the other teams in our region had beaten up on, we only beat them by three points um, after and it was our closest win um, after we'd beaten everyone else. And they were kind of like, why was it so close? Like what's going on? And I do think that sometimes you get judges that just want to keep things close. This judge gave basically everyone tens. And so it's hard to differentiate. But when you see a team with a point differential of 147, like that just shows like, I think judges for the most part want to keep it close. And when you have a ballot that is plus 47 or whatever this was, <laughs> like that judge, like I don't think that they wanted it to be like a disgusting huge win, but they're like, I need to reflect that this team is in another world than the first team. <laughs> like that's just, I mean, you're talking about giving one team like fives and sixes and the other side nines and tens. That's what that difference is. So, I mean, that's just, there. there's no like, that's close. That's like, no, like they're not playing the same game. And I think that when you see a CS of 140, or sorry, when you see a point differential of 147, um, just to the point that you've been making so many times, Ben, it contextualizes what that team was doing. Um, these were not, oh, they kind of snuck through. This was like a, they were just way better than everyone they faced. Yeah, and, and to add on that point, so they go 4-0 and on day one, and then they hit uh, Minnesota Duluth, who's also 4-0 and and ends up going 5.5 and, and getting out, and Lincoln Center goes plus 17, plus 19, right? Mm -hmm. So a sweep mm -hmm. in a high, high round is impressive. A, you know, 37-point sweep in a high, high round is very very impressive and really just shows a, a level of strength um other than that you know bub got through here with five wins um i think we discussed auburn a little bit already and then there there wasn't a ton else here I, i'm just kind of taking a look at the um yeah iona of, you know yeah that's true iona who went four and four um, yep. And it, we're, we're, you know, we actually scrimmaged them a couple of weeks ago and it was a lot of fun mm -hmm. and, and I thought they did a really nice job. So it's too bad that they didn't get a bit out. Um, I was just, I'll, I'll also briefly shout out Bryn Mawr college who is of course, Haverford sister school went three and five. Um, I think that program is kind of taken a while to get up and running, but it's cool that they went three and one the first day. I think that's the best first day Bryn Mawr's had for a little while. So exciting for them for sure. And I'm hoping to see that they can, you know, kind of pull it together a little bit more in the future and then maybe get through to orcs, but just wanted to shout them out as they are our sister school. And that's awesome to see for them, but I'll, yeah, I'll definitely. let you finish it up. Yeah, no. And my only other thought, we're going to talk about Arizona a in a little while, mm -hmm. but Arizona B also uh, didn't manage to grab a bid here. They went three and five uh, and had a tough uh, minus 10 minus 10 split in round four against UC San Diego who, who went eight. No. Uh, so I think that's notable mostly because we're going to discuss Arizona a yeah. in a little while. Uh, but I think that's a, about it drew is it my turn next or is it yours uh i think this one is no i think you. it's mine because you. then you're it's taking you. yep, yeah, yep, yeah you. you're taking 4f all right great so let's move on to 4e uh let's get into the second half of our regionals 4e took place in room 312 at the hampton hotel um I don't, I don't get that reference, Drew. Do you? I don't either. Okay. Something right, old. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if there's any old timers who listen to this podcast, but I feel like anything be before like 2010 that we don't recognize, they're like, oh my gosh, you guys don't know your history. Um, but 
whatever that means. Days. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, that hits a tiny bit too close to home. But uh, so our team's in order here. We had UC Santa Barbara A, eight wins and a 16 CS. Chicago A, seven wins and a 17 CS. UC Irvine D, six wins and a 16 CS. Fordham Lincoln Center B, five wins and an 18 CS. Florida State D, five wins and a 16 CS. And Franklin and Marshall A, with five wins and a 15 CS. Our honorable mention here was Furman A, with five wins and a 14 CS. Couple of noteworthy things here. I'll start with our second team, which is Chicago A. We talk a lot about Chicago on this podcast because they're very, very good. Um, their one loss was a plus 18 minus one to Ohio State C in round four. I'm willing to bet that Ohio State C is a pretty good team because Ohio mm-hmm. State is such a really great program. Uh, but I think Chicago, I'm guessing, I have not spoken to any of them, but I'm guessing they probably left that round thinking that they were going to go 8 no or that they had a good shot to go 8 no. Mm. And I think that minus one doesn't suggest by any stretch of the imagination that Chicago is still not one of the best teams in the country. Um, UC Santa Barbara, A, uh, going 8 no, I mean, a very, very strong uh, showing there. And what's so interesting is, is UC Santa Barbara is a very good team. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at the, um, let's see here. They are currently ranked. They're 46th. Yeah. yeah they're so they're good. very, they're yeah, they're very good. And it, it's just, there's so many, you know, mm-hmm. we talk about Berkeley. We talk about UCLA. We talk about Stanford, Irvine, right. And Irvine, right. But Santa Barbara should be in that conversation. San yep. Diego probably should be in that conversation. Like there are just so many good schools out in California. Um, and I think UC Santa Barbara, may have been another one of those schools that is really glad to get out of that mix of, of the West coast. Not that they don't get through even being on the West coast, but it was probably a good thing for them to be able to show that they can beat teams all over the country. Um, Furman a has, has been a little weak as of late and, and they really struggled. I mean, five wins in a 14 CS was enough to get them off the open bid list, but it, it wasn't comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Franklin and Marshall is a team not too far from us uh, who we frequently hit here and there. We hit them at, at regionals last year. And so good on them uh, for grabbing a bid. I, I think that that's great. Um, I, beyond that, I mean, obviously Irvine D and Florida State D, we always talk about D teams that get bids. And I think that's noteworthy. Uh, good on them. I mean, we played mm-hmm. when we get to 4F, we'll talk about Irvine C, who my A team played. And they were excellent. So I imagine that Irvine D team is very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Florida State is is a deep, strong program. You know, we're what, just, you know, seven or eight years passed from them winning a national championship. So just a very good, strong program and continuing to show that as well. Uh, Drew, what I miss? I don't think you really miss much. Uh, I think that you, you kind of hit the nail on the head with Furman. I think that it's just, I think they for so long were just ridiculously consistent at making it to nationals. And I think in the last, you know, probably four or five years, they've become more of like a, you know, really trying to make it to orcs. And some years they hit, sometimes they miss. Um, glad to see that they are at least going back um, and, and hopeful to see what they can, they can put together. I've, played them. They're a strong program. They're well coached. They know what they're doing over there. Um, but I think they're just, they're, I think struggling to figure out their identity right now. And I'm, I'm hoping to see them come together and, and figure it out soon because they, they are a strong program. Um, I think you kind of mentioned Ohio state C a few times. Um, Ohio state is one of those, like kind of, they're such a strong program and they've become such a well-known powerhouse. You know, we talk about when their B team, did so well at nationals a few years back. Um, 
you know, they're a team where if I see their C team, I'm still kind of like, oh gosh, like that's a scary team that I don't want to have to face. And, uh, you know, you, you pointed out the whole, the round with you, Chicago, um, obviously a plus 18 minus one, take it that way you will. And if it's against Chicago A, but, you know, if there's someone that's going to do it there, I'm not shocked that it's Ohio State. They just do enough funky, interesting stuff that maybe a judge liked it. Um, and I'm, I'm surprised that they didn't get a bid. I would say that was a, a strong program that I, I think I would have guessed um, would have made it out. And I'll also add this, Road C also didn't make it out of this one. And look, they had a tough path. Um, they had a 19 CS. Ohio State, like I said, had the 21 CS. Rhodes had to face Chicago in the in their second round. Um, and then they just had a kind of couple of tough breaks um, in round three and round four um, and and didn't go their way. So I think that Rhodes, I feel like maybe two or three years ago, Rhodes was getting, you know, A through E teams through really comfortably. And this year, it has not seemed very comfortable for them. I mean, I, I they have two teams going through, but I do not think it was uh, the same type of dominance that we've normally seen out of Rhodes. And this is where I start to think, like, you know, how much did the region, did the, you know, geography change? They're facing UC Santa Barbara and, you know, these other, and, you know, even Chicago is, you know, further uh, from them, they would normally never face Chicago in a regional. Um, It's just, you know, it's interesting to me how that's broken down. And then you mentioned them a lot. We mentioned them a lot in the last one, but Fordham Lincoln Center B team make it, made it through here. Um, You know, we talked a lot about them. Their their loss in round three was to UC Santa Barbara A. Um, so interesting to kind of see that clash of uh, strong West Coast team, strong East Coast team, kind of have that shaked out. But, you know, I think that uh, good on Lincoln Center for getting two teams through. Um, other than that, though, I think you, for the most part, covered it. Happy to see Franklin and Marshall making it through. And like I said, glad to see that Furman will be eventually moving on through that open bid list. Yeah, I agree with all of that assessment. I think I forget if I mentioned UC Santa Barbara eight uh, no, and their point point differential mm-hmm. was one twelve swept yeah. Irvine D swept Lincoln Center B. Uh, so I know we already talked about them, but we've kind of been noting point differentials on eight no teams, and that clearly establishes that they are a top team. I also was kind of glancing at the tab summary as you were talking, and I think Chicago A had kind of a sneaky tough schedule. Mm-hmm. They don't have a super high point differential, but but they played a lot of the better teams at this tournament. And came through relatively comfortably, which which doesn't surprise me. This also just doesn't seem to be a tournament. Like I'm just kind of scanning through the tab summary, and I'm not seeing a ton of like wide ballots. Like there's some 30 point ballots sprinkled mm-hmm. in there, but most of the ballots seem to be in the single digits and like within mm-hmm. 20 points or so. Yeah, okay, I see like Lincoln Center picked up a 40 in round one, but it seems like maybe the judging at this tournament wasn't quite as sort of like. Uh, a wide variety in terms of mm-hmm. people who score using the whole range and who give really wide uh, margins, which could explain some of the lower PDs among the the teams that got through. Uh, but no, I think there's just some good teams here. Mm-hmm. And I think UC Santa Barbara A and Chicago A, definitely noteworthy. Um, I think we already talked about Road C and Ohio State C. UT Chattanooga B was here and didn't get a bid, which is a little mm-hmm. bit noteworthy. Um and I think that's about it, Drew, unless there's anything else you noticed. I think we can move forward. Yeah, I think I think you mostly covered it. I think we can go ahead and move on. Um, I guess I'm next. So I will do Regional 4F, um, which, you know, I think we may see some familiar teams here. But this one was at the Midlands Mega Market. Um, I also don't get that one. Did you know that one, Ben? 
the Midlands Megan market? You you can't hear it in Adam Chase's distinctive Boston accent? Oh, gosh. That's so funny. Very true. All right. I'm there now. Um, I, it didn't, it didn't hit me at first. Um, okay. Well, starting out with uh, our first bid out was some random program called UMBCA with eight wins and a 17 CS, followed by Chicago B with six wins and an 18 CS, then Florida State C with six wins and a 17 CS, and then Missouri B with six wins and a 15 and a half CS, and then Villanova A with five and a half wins and a 17 and a half CS, and then representing the Bulldogs of Yale, Yale B with five and a half wins and a 16 and a half CS. Uh, we then had three honorable mention teams in Washburn A from five wins and a 17 CS, Lehigh A, five wins and a 17 CS, and Oregon B, five wins and a 14 and a half CS. Um, I'll just say it, you know, we talked about Yale week one, not making it out. Yale will have, um, will, will be going through to Orcs, um, their B team, got uh, the straight through bid. And even though that meant that their A team was knocked down to the second tier of teams getting bids, they were the last one to get it. Um, so they will still have two teams to go to Orcs, um, which is good for them as, as you know, obviously Yale is Yale. Um, but UMBC, Ben, I mean, this was where you guys were and uh, you did pretty well. I mean, eight wins, and you didn't have an easy path to get there, but I'll let you talk a little bit more about that. So, Ben, over to you. How was it? Well, bear with me one second, because I'm typing a mock trial confession about the fact that my team went 8-0, and you still mentioned Yale first. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, no, Someone wants to do it for you. Don't worry. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, no, in all seriousness, I'm very proud of my A-team. Uh, this is actually with the success that we've had over the last several years, this is actually the first time that any of our teams have ever gone eight. No, at an AMTA tournament, hmm. we've done it at invites before, but we've had a seven and a half. We've had a bunch of seven and ones. We've never had an eight. No. So that was really exciting. Um, and you know, it's funny the last two years, like two years ago when we were, you know, nine points away from the national final round, not that I counted, um, <laughs> we were super, super young. Um, and then last year's team that I think would have been a legitimate threat to win a title, uh, before everything got canceled was kind of like experienced, but still, you know, maybe like, like rounding into shape, but, mm -hmm, but not mm -hmm. like a team of veterans. And this year's team is like, I mean, we're predominantly upper class persons, you know, uh, Sydney and Thomas Kylie are seniors, Natalie Lauren and Thomas Cesari are juniors. Like this is a talented A team and I'm super proud of them those who listen to the podcast know I, I really don't spend a ton of time talking about my own teams uh, just because I don't really think it's what I'm here for. But I really think I will take a moment to be very proud of my team. And I agree with you that we didn't have an easy schedule. Our round one was Washburn, who ended up honorable mention, and they easily got an open bid. Then we swept Chicago B. Then we swept an excellent Irvine C team who just had a brutal day two schedule with us and then Yale, but I think was good enough easily to get a bid. Uh, so I just, I felt like my A-team really brought it this past weekend, and I was very proud of them. That round, the last thing I'll say, and then I'll kick it back to you to, to do the rest of the reactions. That round against Chicago B was a great trial. Um, we, we had a really great presider uh, who was, I think he was a former mocker at SUNY Geneseo, uh, who did a great job and, and, you know, finished up and was like, this was like Nationals level stuff. And that Chicago B team is good. They're deep. They're talented. They they make a clever, you know, series of arguments and, and there was a lot of fun objection battles in that in that round. And that was just like I was very 
glad that we came out on top in that round because I certainly didn't think it was a guarantee uh, when the ballots got submitted. But yeah, I'm proud of my crew. And, and Drew, I'll kick it back over to you for any other reactions you have. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll just start with this. Uh, I think it's interesting. We had so many five and six win teams here that we had those three honorable mentions. I feel like we haven't seen uh, a lot of five win teams or a lot of honorable mentions in general this year. Um, but you guys kind of picked up the slack where a lot of other regionals have lacked so far. Um, and I also wanted to shout out Villanova. Villanova is right nearby us in in the uh, like kind of greater Philadelphia area um, of teams. And it's cool to see them going back to Oryx. Villanova is kind of a, a funky program where they were pretty solid for a while, solidly making it to Oryx, and then they kind of struggled for a little while. They, uh, you know, I remember when I was... Uh, I remember when I was at, at Haverford and their program really was lacking, um, you know, kind of in the, they were a team that was routinely in the out bracket is how I will describe it um, in round four at regionals. And it's great to see them coming back. Um, you know, they were five, two and one, but they did that with a, a couple of close ballots. Um, they had a, a plus 18 minus one in round two. They are last one was a plus three zero. Um, they were close to having a really solid, you know, six and two, seven and one showing, um, which would have been really cool for them. But I'm, I'm excited to see that they're moving on, excited to see how they do as they move forward. Um, it's always good to see other neighboring schools do well. Um, so I'm happy for them. Um, I think that other than that, though, I mean, look, you know, you guys are doing what you do. Chicago B is strong. I'm glad you mentioned UC Irvine. Um, it always is heartbreaking to see a team go 4-0 and and then draw probably two of the top three teams in their second day. Um, that's that's just tough. Um, and it, it definitely isn't reflective of the fact that that program probably um, should have gotten that bid. But at least it's Irvine. At least they are going to have two teams through to Orcs, to my understanding. So it's not going to change a whole lot. But um, definitely surprising they didn't make it out. But other than that, I think that we've mostly covered it. Uh, Florida State C, again, showing their depth. Uh, their D team just made it through. Now this C team making it through. Um, something about Florida and Florida State, they just managed to get a lot of bids, those, those programs. Um, and yeah, I mean, Chicago, they're pretty good. So I think that we're, we're just about good enough to move forward if you're good. Let's yeah, let me just mention one other Go thing, and, that, and that's it. we haven't talked yet about UCLA. Um, so this was UCLA C ah, here, true. and and they had an interesting path. So in round one, uh, 1425 was Arizona State, and, and what was this, like Arizona State R or something? Like, I don't even know. <laughs> uh, it was times. Arizona State, State F. It was, it was that. Okay, F. so I wasn't that far <laughs> off. R, um, F. You know? Right, exactly. But uh, so, and then they, so UCLA C went uh oh, i just lost my spot here um here we go plus one minus seven and then they dropped a couple to uh lehigh uh, who mm -hmm. you were just discussing and then had a plus 20 minus three to saint olaf um and then they ended up with a couple easy ballots in, in round four definitely a surprise i think and don't quote me on this, but I feel like I saw something on social media that once you get past UCLA B, there's some degree of split stacking that maybe goes on mm -hmm, with their teams. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's right. I, I think I, I feel like there's at least some, I, again, I, I don't know. And, and they haven't, you know, I don't talk to UCLA, so I, so I wouldn't know for sure, but either way, like that's definitely not the results that I would have expected from UCLA C. They had a good weekend, just not as strong of a weekend. I mean, I think they were a team 
you know, when we were going into this weekend thinking, okay, what teams don't we want to face? You know, I mean, Chicago B obviously was one of them and Irvine and Yale and, and that whole group. Uh, but UCLA-C was absolutely on that list, especially since you and I had just discussed their E-team getting a bid. Um, so definitely a little bit of a surprise there. Uh, I'm sure that's still a very good team. I was not upset at all to uh, not play them because uh, I'm <laughs> sure it would have been a tough round. And I'm glad that you talked, uh, you know, as well about Irvine because I will just say that Irvine C team, like they were clearly younger. Um, like you could tell that I think some of their attorneys were maybe, I don't know if they were freshmen or first years or whatever, but that was not a comfortable round. They pushed us. Like I felt like my team came out of that round, not sure that we had won those ballots similar to Chicago B because Irvine C was clean. Their witnesses were great. Their theory was tough. You know, it was just a really good, strong round. And it, it's tough for them again, like Irvine C, you know, A and B got bids, so they're fine. But like for them to have to play us in round three and then Yale in round four, that's a, that's a tough day too. You know, that's that's what you get when you go four and zero at regionals, and it can be a blessing and a curse. Uh, I think that's about everything else here, and I think we can keep going. Before we do, um, because you know Ben isn't going to do it, Sydney Gaskins, look, she is just. She is probably the top competitor in the country right now. And, you know, uh, she was the only person, the only junior at Trilog Combat last year. She's one of very few All-Americans left. 20 and 18, I mean, it's pretty darn good. I assume that the the two that she didn't, uh, that were not top ballots um, was from that UC Irvine round. So good on whoever took those off her. Um, but, I mean, like, geez, I just, she's just... So fun to watch, such an electric attorney, and uh, just I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what she does, and uh, you know moving forward. If you didn't already know that name, know it. Yeah, you know I'm glad that you mentioned that. I'll say this very briefly, and then move to 4G. So you know this is Sydney's senior year, um, and so this was Sydney's fourth regionals, uh, and Sydney has now done four AMTA regional tournaments, and she has seven AMTA all regional attorney awards. Um, that's pretty good. Uh, and, and in her last, uh, two AMTA tournaments, she has a total of 78 ranks out of 80. Um, and, and I don't say that to brag. I, I mean, I say it to brag on Sydney, not to brag myself. Cause I just, I'm immensely proud of her. I don't think anyone works harder than her. And, you know, I, I think it's going to be a huge bummer when she moves on because she's been such a, a huge, such a huge part of our program, uh, for the last four years. And I'm extremely, extremely proud of her. I will also shout out, I mean, you were mentioning the 18 on the other side. It was uh, Rebecca Liu from UC Irvine who took mm. those two ranks from her and won an award with 18 ranks, and she was excellent. So that wasn't a surprise to me at all. All right, so we got two more left, so let's knock those out. We're going to go ahead and move to 4G. Uh, regional 4G took place in the Polk County Hospital, which is an interesting place to hold a regional. I do <laughs> like, as we talk through this, to imagine what it would be like to actually host in those, like when you mentioned the Elias's middle school one, cage. <laughs> right. I thought when you mentioned the middle school one earlier, I was thinking of like everyone in those little tiny middle school chairs. Um, and just like how funny that would be. Uh, and so I don't know, Polk County hospital, probably not the best place to host a regional, but our teams in order were UCLA B seven and a half wins in a 14 CS USC, the university of Southern California C seven wins in a 12 CS Denver a seven wins in 11 CS Villanova B, six wins and a 15 and a half CS. UMass Amherst B, five wins and a 23 CS. And Fordham Rose Hill C, five wins and a 20 CS. Got three honorable mentions here. UT Dallas C, five wins and a 14 CS. 
Washington B, five wins and a 14 CS, and UC Santa Cruz A, five wins and a 13 and a half CS. We'll get to UMass Amherst in just a second, but I realized as I was sort of riffing earlier about West Coast teams, I didn't mention either USC or UC Santa Cruz, both of whom are very good teams, and it just goes to show you how many teams there are out on the West Coast in California and that area that do well. But talking briefly about UMass Amherst, this is UMass Amherst B, so it's not even their A team, with a 23 CS, they played Arizona A, USC C, UCLA B, and Fordham Rose Hill C. So that's three teams who advanced, and Arizona A, who's the 31st ranked team in the country, uh, and who is I'm going to talk about next. That's a brutal schedule, like just an absolutely gut-wrenching schedule. And UMass Amherst B should be over the moon, proud with that team mm-hmm. to get a bid and I really think, I mean, we've talked about Amherst on this podcast before, but if they're not at nationals this year, I'm going to be really surprised. Mm-hmm. Like, and, mm-hmm. and you look at this schedule, there's no reason they couldn't get two teams through. You know, yep. UCLA B is a nationals level team. USC C is a very good team. Arizona A is, is frequently a nationals team and they just cruise through. Like, I mean, they, they went five and three, they cruised through, but they, they won more than they lost. And that's just really impressive like that's just really really good and props on them for you know fighting through a tough schedule because i know sometimes when you get that really tough schedule you know you keep getting those pairings and you're hoping for like you know a random school who's you know it's their first tournament of the year and instead you get ucla b and you're just like what the hell like what am i supposed to do you know who do i have to pay to get a you know a (laughs) random team um so good on them for fighting through the other thing that I will note here, and then I'll kick it over to you, Arizona A. Uh, they're the 31st ranked team in the country, and they went 3-4-1, and one, and it wasn't because of their schedule. They had a 14.5 CS. They were swept by Amherst B. They had a loss and tie to Boston College C. And after round one, around day one, I should say, that was it. Their season was over. And that's definitely surprising, not something you would expect to see from that program. Uh, my last note, and then I will, uh, get your thoughts. This was a bit of an odd regional in that your power, like if you were to say, okay, who's the best team at this regional, I guess probably Arizona, but you can make an argument. It was UCLA B. Mm -hmm. And I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that a B team is a power team. I mean, UCLA B and Rhodes B, those types of teams are elite, but it's definitely a little different from some of the other ones that you've Mm -hmm. seen. So what do you think on this one, Drew? Yeah, I mean, so I I think that you talked a lot about UMass Amherst. I I wanted to just highlight the point about Arizona. I mean, that's – when you're thinking about that first-round draw, I mean, the thing that – I know I did this. I'm sure everyone else does this. When you're kind of a middle-power team and you're at a regional – Ben, you talked about doing this, and you shouldn't have been doing this because you guys were the top dog at your regional. But everyone does this thing where they make this list of, like, the teams that really – don't want to hit. And when they're doing that first round draw, you're just like, you're paying attention to like cross those teams off your list. Okay. Yep. Okay, cool. Don't have to face them. Great. Don't have to face them. And if you're UMass Amherst B and you're like, Oh, we're facing Arizona a, Oh, great. Awesome. You win both. Good job. And it's like, okay, next you're facing USC. Uh, okay. That's not a team I wanted to face. Oh, you did really well. You're three and one. Here you go, UCLA B. Have yeah. fun. You're just like, I mean, you said this, but it's just like, can I get one that's not on this list? Like, can I <laughs> face one of the other ones that was like the star? Like, please, can I face them teams? Um, I mean, that's just it's tough. Um, 
I just I also did want to highlight I mentioned Villanova A made it through. Villanova B also made it through in this region. They went six and two. Um Villanova's gonna have two teams through to Orcs. Uh that's awesome. I'm so stoked for them. Um very, very exciting. Uh coming back to some of the teams that didn't make it out though, uh absolutely Arizona A, very big shock there. Um Arkansas A, also a bit of a surprise. That's a strong program. They were three and five with a twenty CS. Um I don't think UGAD not making it through is necessarily surprising, but I will say they were three and a half wins with a 21 and a half CS. So that is a, a high uh, CS and definitely a tough, tough schedule for them. Um, look, I think the funny thing is that UMass Amherst, we would probably be talking more about what an impressive um, CS that was if we didn't have the ridiculousness that we've had so far. I mean, it's just between them and UT Austin, I, I can't remember the last time we had this many teams make it through with CSs over 20. I mean, this is just remarkable, really, that we've had two teams in one weekend do that. Um, I don't feel like that happens often, and it is really, really a special thing to have happen. And, and again, you said it, Ben, but it cannot go without saying what a, a impressive showing that was from both of them. Uh, last thing I'll mention real quick, uh, Fordham Rose Hill C. Um, they're a funny program. I've played them a lot in the past. My understanding in the past is that they completely split stack all of their teams. They're almost independent entities. And, um, you know, I could be wrong. This might have changed. But from my understanding, like, they almost kind of grow together as teams. And they just become a team when they first start out. And they just, you know, the ABCD is is almost, uh, you know, unrelated for them. Um, that might have changed. But I know that's how it was when, when I used to face them. Um, so cool for them to make it out. And they, they are a very consistently, like, they're pretty solid at regionals. Um, but I think it's just interesting. They were five and one going into their last round and then they drew UMass Amherst who, you know, was at that point three and three facing a five and one and managed to pull out the two ballots to make it through. Uh, so just, I mean, really just a lot of fun to, to watch some such close, close ballots happen. Um, Okay, one last thing I did want to mention was UC Santa Cruz. So just imagine, you know, I, I love to do this little game because this is all that I would do when I was at regionals. Just imagine you're UC Santa Cruz, four and two. Okay, cool. We're going to get a power protected round five, you know, or sorry, round four, you know, probably another four and two team, maybe three and three team, probably one of those. Again, one of those teams that we're hopefully didn't want to have to face on the list. And you find out it's it's Arizona um, and you're like, what? How is that my power protected opponent? Yeah. Um, you know, close round, they won by a one point and lost by four, um, but it was just enough to squeak out that five and three record and put them through. So good on you, UC Santa Cruz, to to get through that bid. Um, or sorry, that was enough to get them an honorable mention, but they will be moving through as they got off the open bid list. Um, but just kind of, I wanted to note that just kind of funny, like, oh God, really, that's my power protected round. Um, and just the the impressive to to still pull out the win when, when you really, your back's against the wall. But I think that that's uh, most of what I'm seeing here. I I think we've covered most of it. I, we had Washington B. Um, there was uh, an honorable mention. Again, they, they eventually got off the open bid list, but definitely a strong program we would have expected to get through. Um, but other than that, you know, I, I think mostly covered it. Maybe Ben got anything else? Yeah. The only thing the only thing I'll note, and then we should move on to our last one, is what happens with that 23 CS is I think this had to easily be the widest disparity in CSs between bid teams because mm. round third bid was Denver a seven wins. Great job. And then 11 CS, which is 
pretty low for a bid team. That's one of the lowest bid CSs we've seen. And then two spots later, you get UMass Amherst B with five wins and a 23 CS. So more than double. UMass Amherst's opponents won more than twice as many ballots hmm. as Denver's ba- opponents did. Um, which, again, you can only play the teams that you face. We've said that 100,000 times at this point. But definitely worth worth noting and and one of those things where it's just like you never know how this is going to go. Yeah. you got to be ready to beat you know whoever they put in front of you. Uh Arkansas A is one I'll note here. They're ranked 113, uh, and they had some very – they had a 20 CS mm-hmm. and uh, a couple of ballots, minus one, minus one, minus two, after going three and one on day one. Tough, close losses to USCC and Washington B, so that's just tough. A lot of sort of mid-tier teams there just kind of beating up on each other in Arizona, yep. or Arkansas was the team that, uh, you know, didn't quite uh, manage to get through. So that's about all I noticed here, and I think we should move on to our last one. All right, last but certainly not least, we have Regional 4-H was in the Polk's County Police Department, um, which now I'm kind of back to what you were talking about with picturing if it was actually there. Uh, definitely <laughs> an interesting place. Going to have, I guess, put the witnesses in the jail cells or in the interrogation room, something could be a lot of fun. Um, but anyway, going to our teams that made it out, we have Georgia A coming in first with eight wins and a 16 CS, followed by UC San Diego A with seven wins and a 15 and a half CS. Then Michigan State C with six wins and an 18 CS. Then Arizona State C with six wins and a 12 and a half CS. Then Santa Clara B with five wins and a 19 CS. And then Carlton A with five wins and a 19 CS. Our honorable mention team here was Purdue A with five wins and a 17 and a half CS. Um, UGA, like awesome eight wins, very strong showing out of them. Um, I think that we talked a lot about UC San Diego earlier. This is their A team. Also really, really strong showing out of them. Um, Other than that, I kind of thought it was interesting. A lot of like C's and B teams here. Um, A lot of like strong programs there. Uh, I think that for the most part, there wasn't any like truly like shocking results, but just kind of like, okay, you know, we have Cincinnati B, um, Cornell College B, Iowa B, a lot of teams where it's kind of like, okay, like I, I think that they would have maybe made it out, but I don't think that like any teams that are on there are like, you know, took their spot maybe. Like, you know, Michigan State C, it's, it's good to see that they're getting through when their A team didn't. Um, Arizona State, we talked a lot about like how deep that program's been and how you know, we, we talked about their F team a second ago. Um, <laughs> they had so many programs, it was nice to see at least one of them getting through. Um, so I think that for the most part, this is about what I was expecting. Um, but I'll throw it over to you, Ben. What else are you seeing here? Yeah, I agree with you about Georgia. Uh, Georgia is a very interesting program. Uh, we had a year a couple years ago where we hit them a bunch, um, but they're usually very good. Um, just sort of a strong, sharp, unique style that I think they play. And, and I, I sometimes feel like they play a style that might be a little bit more like northeast than some of the other southern Mm -hmm. like sometimes they're more Mm -hmm. sort of southern charm but i feel like the times that we've played them they remind me more of some of the like you know northern corridor teams that we talk about as opposed to the like Rhodes and georgia techs uh and south carolinas of the world uh so that's definitely a strong result and they're a team that i would not want to mess with uh i'll take a note of iowa b for a second i just went and checked myself here and I was correct that last year, 
Iowa got two teams to nationals. They they mm-hmm. uh, had both of their teams competing in Des Moines that first weekend of Orcs, the only weekend of Orcs that happened. And they took Iowa B took the fifth bid, and Iowa A took the sixth and final bid uh, mm-hmm. at that Orcs. And so to come off of, and I know that nationals didn't happen, but to come off of uh, uh, two bids to nationals and then to not have your B team get out of regionals is definitely surprising. Uh, and then you already talked about UC San Diego and we have a couple of other B teams here. Uh, UT Dallas B, Portland B, Cornell College B, Cincinnati B that all didn't get through uh, versus, you know, you've got a couple of, of A teams and C teams that did get through. Um Drew, I think there's one other major thing that we haven't yep. mentioned here, though. That's USCA. And I actually, I, I will admit that I missed it in my first glance, but absolutely, um, that is the big shocker here. That's why I was kind of wondering, I'm like, yeah, I don't feel like there's anything that remarkable. USCA absolutely would have expected to make it out of here. Um, they had a three and five record with a CS of 20. Um, and it, it's interesting that their their C team, we just talked about made it out. Um, of the the last regional, and then their A team didn't. Um, so it, it looks like this was a, I mean, definitely a surprising result for sure. They they had a, a round two split with Iowa, it was a minus seven plus six, and then they had a tough draw against UC San Diego A, where they dropped both in round three, and then round four rolled around, and they had a very unfortunate Michigan State opponent who swept them in that round two. So. I think that I would have expected USC to take a couple of those ballots on that day too. Um, them going 0-4 is definitely a bit of a surprise. But I do think that you know Georgia A, UC San Diego A, those were the two top dogs here. Um, but definitely surprising to not see USC make it out. I think that that would have probably been um, the, the, the next strongest team that I would have expected to make it. Um, so surprising to not see them. But I'll throw it back to you, Ben, if you wanted to keep going. Yeah, the only other thing I'll add after you mentioning that, and UC San Diego is the the 33rd ranked team in the country, so it's certainly mm-hmm. not surprising to see them take those ballots. But if you're if you're a USCA, right, like you, it's like cool. Regionals this year is like non geographical. Like you know, we're, <laughs> we we had a good yeah. day one, and who do we have? Son of a bitch. We have UC San Diego A. <laughs> like you true, know, it's. True like when we went to nationals and played richmond and penn state like come on like are you kidding me here so i agree with you that's definitely surprising and i think just a really tough path from a team that that's strong and and definitely you know noteworthy to see that happen i wanted to quickly say something You, you know you just brought that up and i was noticing that a lot i feel like this weekend felt like it had a lot of the west coast teams and not a lot of east coast teams like outside of you guys and lincoln center how many other and Wesleyan actually I should say outside of the three of you because there were eight regionals outside of the three of those teams how many other like top East Coast programs were competing I feel like I didn't remember any yeah BU got a bid um, but that was but their that was B their team. C team or B yeah. team yeah yeah but no you're you're right like I think well and, and there was Yale B but but I okay, think sure. I think it's a fair point but it's just I mean I just find it interesting I mean it, to, to the point that you're making right on this about you know UCSD facing USCA um like it is kind of like oh like I kind of would have wished that we swap out USC with I don't know you know hell I think that you guys in Yale were in the same one like throw Yale into that region instead of um being with you guys or or put you know Wesleyan and Lincoln Center split them up throw one of them down there uh you know 
there, I think there are just so many interesting, you know, East Coast, West Coast matchups that I would have loved to see. And it is a pity that we're getting just more of the same West Coast teams beating each other up over there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just think it's interesting. I, I was just kind of noticing that now that we're on our last regional, I'm kind of like, wow, where are the East Coast teams? And it's because they've all already gone, I guess. Yeah, I, I think that this weekend, you know, I mean, the bottom line at this point is I think we, as we've discussed before, Orcs is going to tell us a lot this year about what region has adapted to this virtual mock trial world. You know, I mean, as we're recording this, we're, you know, a little bit more than a week out from the first weekend of Orcs. We just got Orcs case changes a couple days ago. I know my team spent, you know, a couple days ago, we spent several hours breaking down the Orcs case changes. Aside from the new witness, they're, they're not especially substantive, but, um, you know, the case presented fairly balanced. It had a slight defense bias at regionals. And I think you can definitely tell that the case changes are sort of meant to kind of try to push it back the other way. Uh, but I think we've just got a lot of exciting things to look forward to. Uh, orcs are going to be brutal. I don't know if we're going to end up doing a preview episode, but we'll know a lot more after Sunday night when AMTA does the selection show, you know, the orcs mm-hmm. uh, assignment show or whatever they're calling it. And I'm looking forward to just knowing who's in our orcs. And, <laughs> and the very last thing that I'll say about orcs generally, and then we should wrap this up. We've still heard nothing from AMTA about whether or not TPR is going to be adjusted. And so I'm going to assume at this point that it's not. Um, and that's a pretty big mistake. Um, I understand that TPR has a way of being calculated and it's impossible to factor in last year that exact same way. But I think the new orc system proved itself to be a success last year. And I'm not so sure how I feel about it this year when TPR is close to two years outdated at you know if it's being used to determine those a b c d groups um and maybe we can discuss this more in an orcs preview episode but i really feel like given the the virtual nature the non-geographic nature and the two years of outdated tpr data like orcs is just going to be the wild freaking west this year and i have no idea what to expect yeah you know ben it's interesting i think the problem is like i wonder if they could have used some regionals data from last year and maybe tried to like apply that some sort of multiplier just to give some indication of like more recency. I guess the problem is just like you want to have some consistent way to, you know, give rankings. And TPR is a very like objective, non, like, not, there's no like, you know, opinion to it. It's just how many wins did you get? So it, it's tough. I mean, it, it, it's nice when TPR works out well. Um, and I think it's of the, of the different determinations we have, it's what we have, but I do agree that I kind of wish there was something more that we could use to differentiate teams this year. Um, I agree with you. I'm just excited to see orcs. It is going to be the wild west and the wild west is a lot of fun to watch. So I'm excited for it. Yeah, I am too. I'm not particularly looking forward to going through it. Like I say every year, but I am excited to see, uh, what orcs brings us. So Drew, I think that's about it. I mean, we, you know, I don't know yet. We haven't discussed whether or not we're going to do an episode before orcs, uh, but we will definitely be doing orcs uh, analysis mm-hmm. episodes to break down both weeks of orcs, either in, in one or, or two episodes, depending on how mm-hmm. our schedules work out. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Couldn't agree more. I, I, I've said it so many times I've just been waiting for those orcs to come in. I can't wait to look at them. Uh, I think at this point, like, 
I, I won't be disappointed. There's just nothing that could happen. I just want to see what, what it is that happened. Yep. Me too. I think that's about all we've got. Thanks everybody Perfect. for listening. Uh, best of luck to all of the teams at Orcs, except for the ones that have to play us. Uh, <laughs> and we look forward to being back in your feeds very soon. Thanks as always for listening. Until next time, this has been The Mock Review with Ben and Drew.